How y'all doing? I am Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? I feel like the fattest co-host in the world, dude. Like, I'm looking at my picture, I'm like, golly. I I just want to look over at handsome Paul and his beard. I don't want to look at me, especially (laughs) after all I ate on Easter. I got to get in, and, and I'm not working out enough. I need to get get on it, get get going, get back. I got about 20 pounds to take off. Legit, I need to. Now, you weren't the only one, sir. I actually uh, I lost a couple of pounds because I gave up, um, not necessarily for Good Friday, but typically around this time of year, like around Good Friday and everything, I'll, I'll uh, sacrifice some things. I give up some things, so I gave up fast food for, for 40 days. Not that I eat it that much anyway, but. When I, I work a lot on the road, you know, so I, it's always easy to go to Jack in the Box or grab dollar mini stuff. So I've definitely noticed a difference. But man, I, you know, I, I don't notice any difference than you. You don't look, you definitely don't look fat to me, or you know. So I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I angled the camera well, but I mean, you can look at this. You can see it. You can see it. It's there. But if, the I angled, if I angled it this way, it'd really be there. I'm like, I, I got. I'm like, <laughs> cut everything off. Only his head. Do not show his body. <laughs> well, it looks like he got a pretty cool shirt on tonight. Is that another Disney Disney shirt? You're trying to get me to yeah, it's my villain shirt. This is from the Oogie Boogie Bash, the Halloween party at Disneyland. Uh, I believe this was 2019 because 2020 was closed on, or maybe it was 2018. But yeah, it has all the villains. I love that. It's one of my favorite shirts. I love that shirt. Yeah, I like the colors on it, man. It looks cool. Thank you, sir. Villain, I'm a villains guy. That's what I like. I like the villains. Well, Mike, before we get to start started with our discussion tonight, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. So, you know, Mike, uh, this is technically episode three of season two of our series, Building the Cowboys. Um. And unfortunately, we don't have a guest this week. And, you know, I want to be honest, after Ian's draft last week and Zach's draft the week before, could we really ask someone to try and follow those drafts? That's that, that's tough, man. Those two first drafts are amazing. I, I kind of want to make a rule. Man, that would be hard. But, like, you can't draft somebody that, that was drafted in the other two drafts. At least through the first, like, three picks or two picks mm, okay. first two picks you have to do a different person than has already been selected i think that would make for more interesting so not everybody's Kenyon green you know what i mean that to get some different guys yeah i don't think he drafted a single person that zach drafted did he no that that's what made it so amazing he right. even got one on me that i uh that i didn't know which made me mad like and then that. another guy, uh, sound like Dane Brugler, uh, one, the receiver that he liked from Texas Tech. Dane Brugler had him in his his top ten, or like a sneaky add to for the Cowboys, right? He they mock draft him fourth round pick one twenty nine. They drafted mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ian's guy. Uh, let me see. Oh, I have my one draft that. It's hard to pronounce his last name, and I'll butcher it without looking at it. I'll butcher. Yes, it. yes. But yeah, I, I thought I that was pretty cool. Up, so I can't find the uh, I can't find the pick. I'm sorry. Hey, I, even if I had the name in front of me, I couldn't pronounce it myself, Mike. <laughs> I, if I could see it, I I I've said it enough. Yeah. It's just 
you know, no sleeping. I, I got to have it in front of me or I'll butcher, butcher it. Well, Mike, before we discuss uh, our, our, our our football talk tonight, uh, one thing we haven't discussed in a couple of weeks uh, is a Meatless Monday. I'm, I'm curious, what was on that, uh, the uh, menu today? All right, so the menu is pretty basic, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to flip it and tell you all about the Easter menu. Does that sound good to you? Sounds fantastic. So uh, my boy, uh, Muhammad, and his wife uh, did the spread. Um, they had barbecued ribs, uh, potato salad, rice, chili, mm. uh, oh, corn, the uh, elote corn. Oh, my God. Uh, On the cob? Oh, yes. Oh, oh my God, dude. Bro, incredible. Like, I've had it before, and I've been like, ah, it's okay. Nah, Steph killed it, dude. It was that Steph is Muhammad's wife. Okay. Killed it. It was so good. And um, I feel like I'm hot. There was hot dogs, which I put the chili on to make a chili dog because that's what fat people do. And then I made banana pudding for dessert, which I thought was really good as well. And uh, it was just amazing. We had a lot of fun. We're getting to know their daughter. I didn't spend a lo- enough time with yeah. that young lady when when she was like young, 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 and now yeah. she's like five. And we're me and Mitchell are her best friend. That's what there she calls. So it's pretty awesome. It was worth it just that, like uh, just to go there and hang out with Jazzy and and like uh, be known. Like I want her to grow up and know that's Uncle Mike, Uncle Mitch, and. That's finally happening, so it's awesome. You know, Mike, you're telling telling a funny story about the banana pudding. I'm not going to go public with it or anything, but when you described how you made it, I mean, making everything from scratch, that was, ooh, man, we were talking about banana pudding and, you know, how that be, being one of our favorite desserts. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll public it. I'll go public with it. And my dad, <laughs> and my dad listens. He's new. Okay, so... <laughs> we get the, we get this banana pudding and I make a giant amount and I'm thinking I'll take it over there. All of us will try some. I'll bring it home to my house so they could have some And my house. It's done the night before because it needs to set and cool. So my house knows about this banana pudding. I go there. We all get some Steph and Muhammad made a lot of like they put a lot of work in and they're basically like We're, this banana pudding was fucking amazing. We're keeping it. But my coworker. Um, a very, very beautiful young lady named Brenda, uh, at, at, yes, asked for a thing of uh, banana pudding. And she's really good looking. So you just go, of course, you get the banana pudding. You want banana pudding? You get banana pudding, of course. So I have that one thing of banana pudding that I brought home. Now, the problem is my pop comes in and he says, hey, is there any of that banana pudding? And you guys have to understand, like, like, you guys have to understand what my dad's done for me. Like, I got sick. I was waiting for disability. I'm making 200 bucks a month. He tells me, you're going to live here rent-free. Don't worry about rent. Save up. You can still go to Disneyland trips. You're good. Don't, don't, don't worry about money until your disability comes in. We'll work something out. I'm like, that's amazing, man. Like, now I have a house under my name. Like, I have credit. Top credit you could get. My credit rating is amazing. And it's all because my dad helped me out. And he's sitting there going, can I, you know, do you have any banana pudding for me? I looked at man dead in his eyes and I said, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I do not. And I hid it in the fridge for Brenda. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, Sir Crumb, I, I hope you don't disown Mike after that. Great. 
I'm going to make a whole tray of banana pudding on my day off, which is Sunday. I'll make a whole tray of it. And he could eat until his heart's content of banana. Because my whole house is like mad, like mad up that they didn't get any. And I know my dad's going to hear this and be like, oh, he'll, he'll be like, good job, son. But yeah. he'll also be like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so if, if the roles were reversed, do you think your dad would have done that to you? Yeah, yeah. I do. Okay. I'm, I'm, my father's, I'm my father's son, and he would have been like, especially if it was mom. Yeah. Like, mom for him was like the one, you know, uh, even um, through a divorce and everything. Like, mm-hmm. he's, that's all, he hasn't, like, tried to move on. That was his one. I ain't worried about it. That was, that was the one, didn't work out, you know, that, but that's my one. If my mom was like banana pudding, he'd be like, Sorry, son, I have no banana pudding. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Well, you know, Mike, because uh, we don't have a guest today, we decided not to do a, a mock draft for the Cowboys because we're going to save that for next week like, we, like we've like we done the past two years. However, we thought, you know, why not do a first-round mock-up for the entire NFL? So you decided to do a mock draft for the entire first round and that we we're going to discuss some of the players because I won't lie. I mean, the more and more I hear about this draft, it seems like there's no real elite top talent. Um, you hear that there's a lot of depth. It's a good, you know, for certain positions, it's a good draft for certain teams. Um, starting to hear a lot about teams wanting to trade back and not necessarily trade up. And for teams who do want to trade up to grab some of the top tier players, it's a lot cheaper than in years past. So I'm kind of excited to hear hear about some of these players that I don't know very much about. Yeah, it's a, it, it, the, the thing that's fun about this draft is you want a lot of bullets to it. And Dallas mm-hmm. has like a lot of fifth rounders. Yeah, and this is a draft where there's not a lot of A plus traits, supernovas, but there's a lot of guys that are high floor guys. Mm-hmm. That if you draft the guy, you just know, okay, I got a starter for ten years. I'm I'm good here, and that no, goes no. like four rounds deep. There's going to be guys that's like in the fourth round, you're going to be getting guys that you're like, no, this guy's going to make my team on special teams. I I know it for a fact. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a question. So. You know, it's um, it, it's a good draft for that. It's just the top guys, you know, there's not going to be like a C.D. Lamb falling because there's a bunch of quarterbacks that got took early and and these premier positions are loaded up with these premier top players. And so people get pushed down the board. There's nothing like that. It's, it, it's just a, a lot of high floor players that maybe don't have like amazing ceilings where they could be all-time you know, mm-hmm. Reggie Whites and stuff like that. I can't remember the last time where there were so many questions at the quarterback position in a draft. Yeah, there's there was this was not a good crazy too. Oh, it's like what like because like Joe Burrow was a beast ass draft, and then this last year you had friggin' a hundred guys that went in the in the top ten. Like you had Lance and uh Wilson and Trev and um um Fields. He, well, no, he wasn't top 10, but no, no, he was. I think he was 10th, right? 10th or 11th. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was a 10th. Traded up. So, yeah, I mean, you just had guys going all day, and, and all of them had some success. Like they showed potential to be players, you know. So, Zach Wilson had it rough, but I mean, Jets didn't have a lot to work with. So, you know, I'm excited to see it, but, but this year, yeah, I, I don't have a, a, a single first round grade. Uh, on any quarterback, and I think I had like a two on one guy. Like for for me, I know that uh, I try not to put the position into it when I'm doing my grading like that. If you yeah. put position value in, I would have four second round quarterbacks. 
But just going off like their talent stuff, I have mostly third round guys. All right, well, let's start us off, Mike. A team that doesn't need quarterback, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, who, with the number overall, with the number one overall pick. Who, who did you take? My uh, my thing just clicked off as I was doing it. Let me go to it right here. All right, so I went with Trayvon oh, yes. Walker. And the reason I went with Trayvon Walker is because uh, a person that I trust a lot, uh, Lance Zerline, did his, and he said that he got a source um, that that is there's a very good chance that that would be the pick. And I'm trying to do it as realistic as possible to uh, what I'm hearing yeah. going on, what I know teams are looking for in their needs, and uh, uh, especially with teams that I know really well, like Dallas. You know, they don't like short arm guys or guys from smaller schools. So I'm trying to keep that in mind so every pick could be uh, as realistic as possible. So Trayvon Walker, the edge out of Georgia, who's really traitsy, didn't have a lot of production, but he was very, he has like the best traits. You, he's uh, one that Dame Brugler said in five years, you could look back and go, oh, he was the clear best player in the draft. So teams will draft on traits. Uh, and uh, Trayvon Walker flew up the board. He was, he was a guy that people were talking about at Dallas at 24 when this process yeah. started. And now there's a good possibility he's the number one overall pick. And it's almost impossible he'd get out of the top five. So crazy how that works. That is crazy just because I know that uh, Kayvon uh, Thibodeau, he was highly regarded as going to be the number one overall pick. And he started to fall at the beginning of the, of the uh, draft cycle there. And then you hear a lot about Jermaine Johnson. Then you hear a lot about Aiden Hutchinson. But Trayvon Walker, I mean, when I saw the mock earlier, I was like, well, I don't think – I haven't heard much about this guy. Yeah, he's he's a Dane Brugler special. Dane Brugler talked about him when when everybody else had him in the 20s, the 30s. Dane Brugler was like, don't be surprised that this is the best player in the draft. And that's what he Dane Brugler is – it is what it is. I don't know how yeah. he's not, like, on a team somewhere. He's He's the best I've seen. Um, I literally will do my my evaluations and then go and look and see if I have players that are way different than him. And if I do, I go rewatch and go, okay, what am I what am I missing? What why does he have stuff different? And uh, the beast just came out recently, and I've I've have gone all the way through all of it. Um, and uh, he he's just a machine, so. That plus Zance, Lance Zerline, uh, Zerline saying, uh, uh, you know, that he believes from a source that Trayvon Walker's Jaguars uh, guy uh, at one. That's why I uh, picked him there. Yeah, I know Lance Zerline is somebody who's highly respected in the fantasy community. Of course, Dane Brugger being highly respected as well. Uh, talk to us about uh, the second overall pick, Mike, with the Detroit Lions. This one seems obvious. Michigan guy, he's, he played at Michigan. So yeah. Detroit, instead of reaching for a quarterback, they just pick up Aiden Hutchinson. He's he's the number one player in the draft if you go on, like, production and the whole – he's like the – um like last year's Trevor Lawrence, you know, yeah. where people were just like, ah, he's the top guy. That's pretty much uh, uh, Hutchinson this year. Another excellent edge. Um, I don't know if he'll ever be, like – Elite, I don't know if he'll ever be Miles Garrett like elite or Nick Bosa like elite, but I believe he could be. And this is no knock because this is a damn good player. But Jared Allen, who was mm. a who was a monster player yeah. for a long time, so yeah. I'm not saying he's not a great player, but um, I think like when you get an edge top two like that, uh, you expect them to be just like 
world-beating, world-changers. And mm-hmm. I think uh, Aiden Hutchinson's more like uh, Mario Williams was. Wow, oh, okay. Great, great career and everything, but he was no, you know, all pro. He was no Vaughn Miller. He was nothing like that. But I think they'll get a good uh, good defensive end, a good edge rusher for the next 10 years. So you can't ask for a ton more than that. You got to be happy. The fans got to be happy, especially those who are from Detroit with the, with the hometown kids too, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And him falling to the second spot, I think makes it like seals that Detroit doesn't try to reach for a, a quarterback, which is possible because you know, Jared Goff is Jared Goff. Yes, sir. All right. Well, here at number, pick number three with the Houston Texans. Talk to us about your player, Mike. Uh, Akeem Okwanu, um, the Texans uh, go with the offensive tackle. There was a lot of options. I know Evan Neal, a lot of people have as uh, the first guy. The reason why I went Akeem's because uh, uh, I believe just like Trayvon Walker, his traits are better, and that's what teams will draft by. Um, you know, he's one of the few guys that you look at and you go, this guy could be a superstar, you know, a, 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 with the know. traits that he has. Instead yeah. of just like, this is a very good uh, tackle for a long time, this could be one of those, an all-pro type. He just he has the length. He has the athleticism. He has all the uh, – the traits you want. And that's why I believe that he'll be the first tackle off the board. Also, I think he could play both tackles easier than Neil, who could be a left tackle, but might be better if he was a right tackle. So mm-hmm. um, I went with them. I wouldn't be shocked if they flipped though. When you look at the current state of the Texans, is it, is this like the best pick for, for now and the future, you think taking a tackle when you know there's they have so many pieces missing, of course. But you know, is it is it always smartest just to secure that left tackle? Well, the one thing is, I believe the next year Laramie Tunsil will be the left tackle there. But mm-hmm. after okay. that, they have an out in his contract, and so if they want to keep him or restructure or do something different, now you have book in tackles. If they lose Laramie Tunsil, now you're you're. Uh, he would then be a one-year guy, shifts over to the left tackle, and he becomes your left tackle for the next however many years you could pay him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how much you of what how much you watched of Davis Mills last year, but when you look at the Texans and how he performed with Brandon Cooks, I mean, I, I was I was surprised, especially when now you look that uh Texans traded away Deshaun Watson, of course, for they got a, quite a nice package in return, but I think they might. The Texans might actually be trying to see what they have in Davis Mills when you look at his contract and, and everything like that. That will that would reflect in. Uh, let me go through. That would reflect later on in my draft too. If I was going forward, I would with them. I would go heavy offense uh, to try and you know build up and see what they have from that kid. Yeah. All right, Mike. Here at number four, we have the New York Jets. Talk to us about this guy. All right, so I went Jermaine Johnson. Now, I'm going to mm. be honest with you guys. This is one of my guys. Yeah. Like, I loved him early when people had him, another Cowboy guy like Walker. And mm. I was like, nah, dude, this guy's dead. He's my favorite edge in the draft. I think at the end of it all, he will be number one. Um, obviously, people are going to be like, what the hell happened to Kayvon Thibodeau? Off the field stuff. Do you really want, if you're uh, a Jets first year, you know, the second year coach, do you want to deal with that? Uh, your team's not going to be any good. Do you mm-hmm. think he'll be all right there? He's very brand-centric. The Jets aren't really a splashy team. I know they need edge um, and tackle. And I just I, I went through it, and I was like, you know, if they want an edge, 
Jermaine Johnson's going to be up high. Like he just, he does everything. He stops the run. He can be a three, four edge. He can be a four, three in. Um, he can get out into, you don't want him covering a lot, but he can play linebacker and, and play a little bit of zone and, and be okay. So it's like a real good piece for Robert Saleh from uh, the old Niners defensive coordinator. And so um, I, I snuck him up there and I, and I don't think it's a, oh my God pick because I believe Bucky Brooks had him going third to Texans mm. in his latest mock. And he, his thinking was they needed an edge. And just like me, that Thibodeau wouldn't pass their, the Lovey Smith character, you yeah. know, uh, questioning. So yeah, I had, I have, uh, I have Jermaine Johnson going fourth. I like hearing that because when he and mock drafts that I've seen in the past, it seems like everybody's had the Jets taking another offensive lineman. I know they've invested a lot of resources the last two years in an offensive lineman, so I like the change here. Yeah, yeah, they need to do, and it's Robert the the the, the Salah Salah. Yeah, right? his he's a defensive guy, so mm-hmm. he's going to want to build his way. So right, you take a defensive cornerstone, an edge rusher that could end up being the best edge rusher of the class. He he has. Every tool you can imagine Jermaine Johnson has. And if he's able to put it all together, he's a he has the ability to get 15 sacks a year. He's he's that kind of talent. And then you look at the uh at the growth of Quinn and Williams, man, pairing those two together, that, that'll be really nice. Woo! Yeah, and he'll be happy. Uh, <laughs> you'll have a happy head coach. Yes, sir. All right, Mike, here at number five, we have a uh division rival here at the New York Giants. Talk to us about pick number five. Okay, so I I know that they're trying to get two guys. They want an offensive tackle. They want a cornerback. So it's kind of what order do you want to go in? And since Evan Neal dropped, I believe Evan Neal will be higher on their board than Gardner will. And so I went Evan Neal here. Uh, Even though Sauce Gardner, they could go, you know what? I want the cornerback number one without any questions and injury problems. Let's just get him and whatever tackle falls to seven. We'll pick him up. We think he's good. But Evan Neal was thought of as the top player in the draft for a while up there mm-hmm. with Hutchinson. So I think him specifically falling instead of it being between uh, Akeem and, uh, and, uh, and Charles Cross and Penning, I think since it's not between those three that they'll get Neal thinking that, you know, hey, we're getting this really top guy that fell to us. We look at the Giants – and all their needs, especially on the offensive line, but them still being linked to a cornerback. I mean, what are your thoughts there? Should, are they in a position to, to take a risk and draft a Stingley, or is the smarter move for the future to, to take that tackle? I think they the, they definitely have to get the tackle, but they definitely want to replace Bradbury, you know, and get his money off. And yeah. so you go for the cornerback. They want both for sure but they need to get an offensive tackle. That's why I took him first. Even though a, probably a better thought process is get the better corner right away. Right. And then you have three good tackles still there. But I, I think, you know, you, you want the best players. And it's a position in need, so you go Evan Neal. That's true. All right, Mike, here at number six, the Seattle Seahawks. I like this pick. I want to hear your, your thoughts on him. All right, so first of all, let me go to the trades. Uh, Seattle Seahawks move up from nine to six. They give up 40. Now there's a quarterback tax typically that you would put on this. I didn't because I don't think that the, that, that quarterback seen that way, you know, it's not like one of those for sure things, 
So I did pick six for pick nine and pick 40. And uh, and I have the Seattle Seahawks taking Malik Willis, quarterback out of Liberty, kind of a dual threat. Uh, big arm, can move a little bit. It reminds me of a Russell Wilson type. So I think uh, Pete Carroll would like that. Um, yeah. It doesn't stop them from getting a Jimmy Johnson for a year, a Baker Mayfield for a year, because Willis really does need a year to get ready. You know, he needs a year to to learn the game before he's put out there, ideally. So um, I like the move, and Seattle's bad at drafting early anyway. You know, yeah. they, they, they get theirs with bullets later on. So losing one pick at 40 to get their quarterback, I think they'd make the move. Interesting. I, I like that pick a lot. Uh, look, here we are again with the Giants at pick number seven, Mike. And uh, it looks like you, you were able to fill another need. Yeah, I, I was able to get Ahmad Sauce Gardner to them, which is nice. Uh, I wanted to uh, – I know they want that player, and I was worried if I didn't take him at five that the team at – somebody might move up. I was looking for a trade partner. But it ended up working where I was like, well, if somebody's going to trade, it's going to be a uh, for a quarterback, you know, come up from the quarterback. And Carolina has horned from last year. They, they went and got uh, Henderson from the Jags, so – I wasn't looking for them to add another outside type corner. So uh, I, I had him uh, dropping. So Ahmad Gardner gets the seven. And and unfortunately for us as Cowboys fans, the Giants got two really, really great uh, pieces. Yeah. Uh, some building blocks for both sides of the ball there, Mike. Yes. Yeah. Really good ones. And open up cap space because they can let uh, Bradbury go. Right. I wonder if Bradbury might be a draft night trade. That's possible. Get a get a late pick for him. Yeah, uh, sure. We don't really need one unless you tell me like Kelvin Joseph's going to get in some trouble. Right, so right. My dogs are mad that I got the Giants two really good players, <laughs> so they're yelling at me. I apologize, guys. No worries. Well, Mike, you know here with the Atlanta Falcons at pick eight, I'm surprised that the uh, the the pick here because they've been linked to receiver after receiver after receiver and even you know, a couple of quarterbacks mixed in there. Talk, talk to us about your thought here. Okay, so my thought is Kayvon Thibodeau may have off-the-field issues, but he's a clear top-five player, and he falls to you at eight, and it's a need and a high position value. Yeah. You take the player. You know, Atlanta has uh, – um, they have so many needs. Wide receiver is one of them, but <clears> – <throat> In the top of the second round, there's probably going to be a Sky Moore or a Pickens or a Christian Watson. There ain't yeah. going to be no Kayvon Thibodeau there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you grab him and you uh, you hope that things work out. And Atlanta's been a nice marketing place before. They, they're they a big city. Primetime was built there a long time ago. So he can do his marketing thing there. And um, I, I think it fits. Yeah, you know, when you look at – at the quarterback situation, say what you want about Mariota. I kind of like him, but I don't think Atlanta would be wise to take a Garrett Wilson, you know, this year. I mean, I know they did it with Kyle Pitts last year, but it's, you know, they're, they're obviously going into a rebuild and I don't think you can really take a luxury pick like that. If you're Atlanta. Yeah. There's get, get your edges, get your tackles, get your quarterback, get, get, you know, get that kind of thing. And that type of edge falling is is perfect. You got a hell of a talent. Right, absolutely. All right, Mike, here at pick nine, we have the Carolina Panthers. It looks like you've adjusted big need here. Talk to us about him. 
Charles Cross, uh, you know, there's man, there's so many good offensive tackles in this in this opening. There, there's a lot of uh, uh, there's no uh, Rashawn Slater types, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of plug and play starters. And this is another one. I just I, there's not a lot of bust potential here. I think he'll be a good pick. It's a position of need. Yeah. Um, Charles Cross is Brian uh, Broadus's top tackle in the draft yes. rated. Uh-huh. So. A lot of us know him from the draft show. Uh, so, you know, he, he's he's going to be good. He has all the traits. He should be a solid player. Um, I like him a lot more than pinning. You know, like there's some that have pinning up this high. I am a second-round grade on pinning. I, I think oh, he needs oh. a lot of work. I have a, a top-10 grade on cross. So I like him, and he sneaks in at number nine. Yeah, this was somebody that uh, Broadus was saying if the Cowboys were to trade up that this is the only player he would like to see them trade up for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if he and if he were to drop where people were talking, where he got into the 14, 15, 16, 17 range, I could totally see Dallas making a move up and getting him. It would be totally justified. Uh, you know, just redo that uh that line. Steel becomes your swing tackle again, and you uh you work on the interior later in the draft. Yes, sir. All right, here we are with pick 10. Again, with the New York Jets, their second pick in the first round. Talk to us about this player, Mike. Man, this is my – Derek Stingley is a monster. I get the issues that people are talking about with him not – imagine you're Kobe Bryant. I put this in a write-up debate that I had with LP Cruz. Yeah. Uh, uh, look for that on the Cowboys wire. Me and LP go at it. He picked Sauce Gardner. I took Stingley. And my argument was, yeah, you know, he didn't want to play with injuries. His granddad got injured on the field, uh, got a neck injury, never played again. So he knows how dangerous the game is. You get an injury in college. This guy, he was so good as a freshman in 2019. He was better than three-fourths of the corners in the NFL. Like, he's just a stud. And he he couldn't go play because that's how the rules are. So, he, he, you know, he's cautious coming up. But you're talking about a guy that's just – He's, in my opinion, they got, because because I ha- happen to like these two, I think they got the best edge rusher and the best DB in the draft. And they, I mean, how great for Robert Saleh. I mean, man, what, what, and if he ends up being injury prone, well, you know, that's, it happens. It happens to a lot of players, unfortunately. It happens to LSU corners. Boy, Dallas Cowboy fans know that. Oh, yes, but, sir. Uh, but, there's no way I'm not taking him there and looking and going, I got Jermaine Johnson and Derek Stingley. What, what a edge rush corner duo. I just mm. picked up for the next five years. Absolutely. Mike, I saw you picking up the TV. You're not, you don't happen to be watching the Mavericks game. Do you? Uh, is the, I'm watching Denver golden state is Mavericks on I'll Mavericks might be over by now, but I was hoping maybe you could uh, give me a, give me a score update. I have a feeling they won, but I wasn't sure. I don't have a NBA I'll, TV. I got it right here. I'll check. Uh, yeah, it was 110-104, and it looked like that was the Mavs winning. The Seriously? Right at the end. 110-104, Mavs won. Yes! There no go, Luka, baby. Love it, dude. Absolutely, man. That's, that's great. Series tied 1-1 without. One thing, though, don't expect Luka back. Muhammad has the same injury right now. It's all bruised up. He's probably – it's probably going to be, I mean, this is NFL, you know, they have NBA trainers and everything, but you're talking a minimum two, two weeks. And that's mm-hmm. like with the, the, you know, a calf strain is a tear. 
Yeah. And so it it's a pain in the butt. So expect him to be out a couple weeks and hopefully they can survive Utah because that's Luca's my favorite player. I'm a Lakers fan, but Luca's my favorite player. So I just it was it was playoff crushing because mm-hmm. your Lakers are out already, so you don't really care. And then your favorite player goes down, and it's like yeah. I don't even care to watch. Can you imagine, man, if the Mavericks can win this series without Luke in the first round? It's a big win for that team, and it's a big win for when he comes back. Like, it's going to build trust. Like, hey, look what we can do, and now we have our superstar coming. And unlike Kawhi, like, he'll try to get back. Like, yeah. he, wants to, he wants to win more than he cares about, like, his future. He's a uh, – he's Kawhi Leonard's Dallas Cowboys. We want to make sure – that we're good for the next five years, but we're never going to risk too much. We're not trying to re-injure ourselves. Luca is the Rams. I'll Mm -hmm. come back in a week, bro. I'm trying to win this thing. Yes, sir. Hey, you know what, man, if we we can get like to the second round and and take a team, you know, to game six or seven, hopefully, Hey, we've already been linked to LeBron. Maybe LeBron will find his way in Dallas next year. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll allow it. We got our title now. (laughs) Can you, can we get something for AD? That's I can't I can't deal with. You know what? Let's not even pick number eleven <laughs> is Garrett Wilson for the Washington Commanders, uh, and they need uh, they're going to pair him with Terry McLaurin. They need to yeah. give Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz needs a billion weapons to do anything. Um, he's terrible, and so you know. It, they're they're going to try to build around so that he doesn't give games up with interceptions. So get playmakers, try to throw the ball quick, get it out of his hands and get it into their hands and and uh, leave it up to their playmakers and their defense to win games because their quarterback is a horrible bust. Were you at all tempted to, to put a quarterback here? Yeah, but they're just not that good. Like yeah. you're you're basically saying – you know, you're hoping that the guy isn't another Carson Wentz. Like, you know, I'm like, nah, just stick with Wentz for a year. You know, you're going to go middle of the pack, but you can go all in on a trade and, and try to move up and get your quarterback next year. Right. So, you know, this next guy, Mike, that you drafted, he was uh, recently visited with the Cowboys. Talk to us about the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings pick here at 12. Jordan Davis, obviously in my world he he falls to 24 and we just take him or move up or do whatever to get him but he's just too good he just what he does he does better than anyone else does what they do like his job isn't valued like the others are but he does his job better than anyone else in this draft does their job he is the best at his job and minnesota loves that stuff and i believe they lost michael pierce um, if I remember right, they lost Michael Pierce, uh, cut him, uh, a cap hit casualty. And so you plug in Jordan Davis, who's a monster, and, and you continue to, to make it rough on people running up the middle. And you have Daniil Hunter and um, who's the other uh, edge they have that they brought in? There's another edge that they brought in who I'm blanking with to play with Daniil Hunter. And uh, and that's a pretty fun tandem when you have the guys in the middle that they do. So I think Jordan Davis fits here. When you look at the, the Vikings, I mean, what are your thoughts there? Are, are they in a position to take best player available? Should they be looking to build for the future? Or what are your thoughts on them? Uh, I think they're going to – it's a new coach, so he's going to try to win right away. And, uh, you know, you have a quarterback who's capable. You know, you don't have an idiot back there. He'll get you your 4,000 yards. He's – He's not winning you games, but 
Uh, he he he's he puts you in range to win games. He's good enough to uh, make you competitive in games. And so if you could build up your defense and make it hard on teams, uh, Kirk Cousins can win you some games. And that, <coughs> excuse me, the NFC North isn't um, great right now. Like, I mean, Green Bay needs a lot of help. They just yeah. have a great quarterback. And uh, Detroit and the Bears aren't any good. So why not try to win now and maybe steal a division? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, here we are again with the Houston Texans at pick 13 when – Mike, the guy you drafted here, he's been sliding down the draft board for weeks now. Talk to us about your, your pick. I almost had him slide more, but he's such a high-regarded player. It's just where do you play him? And uh, Dallas showed how you do it with Jaron Curse, and Texans need a guy that could do that. And he's, he's just such a good prospect that I, I don't see him. At some point, somebody's just going to go, well, this is the best guy. And when I look at Texans, it's not like they have a lot. You know what I mean? Like, they need the best players. They just need to draft good players. Kyle Hamilton's a good player. So you draft them and you plug them in where you need to to get the the most out of them. Whether it's strong safety who creeps up into the box or a linebacker, big nickel hybrid, put them on the team, get yourself some talent, and uh, and uh, try to make the team better. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's strange because he was going to be a top five pick, and then I guess what it was is he had a – bad pro day and now all of a sudden he's starting to slowly slide all the way down to draft boards i mean somebody was saying that he wasn't even in, he was like uh out of somebody's first round mock yeah you know i don't i don't know if he'll drop that i mean tape shows he's really good pardon me golly tape shows he's a really great player it's yeah. where to, where to play him but if you look at what derwin james could do now they're they're different derwin james covers better yeah. but Talented guys, playmakers in the back end are, are are valuable. And so he's so good at it. Like you're going to be able to find a way to use him the same way Buda Baker gets used or um, Jamal Adams gets used as a linebacker really well. He just can't cover. But you get him up there blitzing and making plays, he can do things, you know. So just get yourself a good player. If you're the Texans, it, it may be safe. Plug and play a starter and uh, and and get yourself a good player right there and and, and move on because you have a lot of picks coming up in the later rounds. Well, here we are, Michael, pick 14, the Baltimore Ravens, who have had you know a pretty quiet offseason. They haven't really made a lot of moves in free agency or, or anything like that. Talk to us about uh, pick 14. I almost – I wanted to go edge here, but I just – I don't have as high a grade of, on Karloftis as other guys do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ravens are such a good drafting team that I believe they don't look at stuff and go, oh, this guy has short arms, this guy has this and that. They look at the tape, what can he do, evaluate him, put him on the board. And Trent McDuffie guards everybody. He He's as good as anybody in coverage. He just is limited in in, uh, in uh, stature and in length. It reminds me of Linderbaum. Linderbaum's a very good blocker, but – Sometimes he's going to get matchups that he's just going to get beat because he just can't physically match up with them. And Trent McDuffie has that too, but you take that risk, especially Baltimore with the, with, you know, their defense first, they have um, uh, Humphrey, you know, they're, they, mm-hmm. they can cover and uh, they're always based on defense first. And so I think uh, John Harbaugh does the same thing. He takes the best defender available and uh, sticks him in right there. So that's my pick. I think I think a smart drafting team like Baltimore 
knows what Trent McDuffie is and they pick him up. They wanted Jordan Davis, though. Don't get me wrong. He just went. And he is the uh, slot cover only corner, correct? Yeah, you want him more slot. I think he could play outside, but because of size, you want him more in the slot. He's uh, out of Washington, which has become like DBU lately. Uh-huh. They've, they've just produced amazing. Uh, Kyler Gordon is going to be a second-round pick that that uh, <clears throat> is going to be really good, really like um, – he has a chance to be a Trayvon Diggs-like uh-huh. where you, you get him in the second round, and he has traits that if developed, he could be a uh, – a really, really a guy that you look back and go, how the hell did he get in the second round? He has yeah. those kind of traits. So, watch for Kyler Gordon. He's not in this mock because it's only a one round, but his teammate McDuffie gets in. Yeah, McDuffie kind of reminds me a lot of uh, Asante Samuel from last year when he talked about size and best uh, position and everything. And he, uh, and he grades out better than uh, Samuels did as a college prospect. So oh, that wow. tells you a lot. He had a first round grade. Most had a second on Samuel. All right, Mike. Here another division rival, pick fifteen, the Philadelphia Eagles. Looks like he got uh, your your boy Jalen Hurts some help here. Yeah, I got Drake London, and that was kind of my thought process. Is they have a bunch of little faster guys. Mm-hmm. Why not give uh, Jalen Hurts a guy that he could just you know give a 50-50 ball to, or or throw one in on um, uh, ride and decide uh, uh, where you go like you're going to hand the ball off. You take it back. Now you have this big body to throw to the window, you know, in yeah. um, Jalen hurts needs help. He's awful. <laughs> you know, look at have, a guy like- hey, I'm killing the NFC East quarterbacks <laughs> round. He, he's all right. He has, he has tools you can win with the, uh, with his ability to run. If he's yeah. asked to throw too much, you're going to be in trouble, but why not get him some different stock? You could throw a screen to, to to one of these guys. One of them could go deep on a bomb. You know, now you have your possession guy and your 50-50 red zone guy. You know, mix it up for them. And then there's always Goddard and Miles Sanders. Like, they have different exactly. types of weapons that you have to match up with now if they uh, if you get Drake London here. Would a guy like Drake London, do you think that would be a good addition to the Cowboys wide receiver core? Maybe – help Dak to feel more confident throwing into tighter windows or throwing with anticipation or just kind of uh, being uh, more comfortable throwing 50-50 balls? I I just – Dak's just no, – he had Dez and didn't really – it's not what he likes to do. He, you know, he like he trusts Gallup, his best friend, so he'll throw some of those up one-on-one if he feels Gallup beat his guy. But Dak's more of a, a I'll throw it to you when you're open than a, all right, let's YOLO a 50-50 ball. So – I don't really want a Drake London type uh, for Dallas, personally. I, I got you. All right, Mike, here we are with pick 16, the New Orleans Saints. Talk to us about this guy. Kenny Pickett. I mean, obviously they need a quarterback. Drew Brees retired. Jameis Winston, uh, uh, Taysom Hill just are not, you know, you got to pay. Uh, the, what did they pay Jameis Winston? 15 to 25 million or something last last time? Two for years, like $20 million or something like that. Yeah, something like that. It's like. Just get your young guy and develop him. Your defense is going to be good. Um, your O-line is kind of rebuilding, so I thought about getting Penning here. But when they didn't have to move up for the quarterback, and I decided not to move up with Pittsburgh because I just don't feel like Kenny Pickett's one. that Maybe if Willis dropped, they would, but not yeah. for Kenny Pickett. So I uh, I stayed and, and uh, let the board fall kind of Mac Jones style. 
and the Saints were able to get their QB. I know you're not crazy about any of the quarterbacks in this class, Mike, but when you look at Kenny Pickett's hands, is, how much of a concern is that for you? He fumbled a lot. Um, it does mean something. You're wrapping your uh, hand around the ball. I'm not going to make it. Uh, I'm taking it off the board thing. Yeah. If, if he's Joe Burrow and his hands are just smaller, I'm like, he could fumble a few times. I don't give a shit. My problem is he doesn't look great either. Like, I don't know if he's ever going to be a quality starter, like an all a, a Pro Bowl type, really good starter. So you add that to a possible turnover, you know, waiting to happen. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm good. I cannot, man, imagine investing a top 20 pick in a player like that. That's right, my kid, you risk yeah. it for the quarterback. Yeah, that's true. Right, pick 17, Los Angeles Chargers. Mike, here you adjust the O-line again with Trevor Penning. Talk to us about him. Yeah, nasty kid. I think it's a stretch for him, personally. I, I don't have him as a – people are talking he could go in the top 10. I think that's nuts. He has so many uh, issues he needs coached out of him. But he's very aggressive, and he's got great size, and he has the potential to be a a monster. And uh, they need a tackle to pair with Rashawn Slater. So put him on the other side, and if both of them end up being excellent, now Herbert's going to go just going to have all day to throw. And, man, how nice giving that guy all day to throw to Keenan Allen and and the weapons they have, Austin Eckler and them. Woo, that, that's nice. So I like that. I like the value there for them, although I don't have the player up that high. But is this one of those cases where you trust the tape? No, because his tape wasn't good. His tape, his tape was like second, third round. Then he came mm. in and, and did okay at his at his uh workout stuff before, you know, the senior bowl stuff and all this stuff that happens before the uh before the draft. He did well there and kind of moved up boards. But I just think he has a lot of work. He has a ton of potential, really high ceiling, but his floor is lower than most in this uh, draft. So I, I have him. I, I don't I don't really love the pick for them, but I know that I believe they would do that pick. I think they would believe that's a good value at a position they need. And they did so well with Slater. Pair him with another first-round tackle and, and have your bookends for the future. Yes, sir. All right, Mike, here we are with pick 18, the Philadelphia Eagles. And you helped him with defense with a with cornerback Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson. Talk to us about him. Yeah, underrated. Um, I'll go to uh, to Booth Jr. So you guys could uh, uh, could maybe I will not. But he's one of the uh, he's one of the guys that people if Stingley is dropping due to the injury and character concerns, people are talking about him being an AJ Terrell surprise. Like, oh wow, he got picked that high because of uh, his tools and his tape. Um, the reason I got him is is I like Slay, but man, they're is he they're paying him a lot. Like I don't know if he's worth that. So it could be a thing where he plays with them for a year, but then as they transition out and they you know maybe they look for their quarterback next year uh, if Hurts right. doesn't work out, they try to restart over cheap. They get rid of the Slay contract, you know, and replace it with a good young player on a cheap deal. And so that was kind of my thinking uh, uh, with the cornerback, and then pairing it with, um, I got them the uh, the receiver from from uh, pick fifteen. Yes, so now they've got both sides. They got a little bit of coverage and a little bit of uh, offense from the receiver position. So I mixed it up for them, and um, it was nice because I don't love either of the players, but it fit for them. So I'm like, okay, right. I'll give the Eagles these guys. I don't like them anyway. 
So you're helping them just not too much, right? Yes. And they both can be really good players. They're just ones that I don't have value there. And also Eagles are bad at drafting. I mean, they just have been lately. And so these are players that I feel like fits them and fits needs they have. But I don't know how great they're going to be. And so I uh, I filled it in for that reason because they're not very – I mean, Jalen Rager was picked, you know, just – J.J. Ortega Whiteside was over Metcalf, uh, mm. right? That was uh, that was an Eagles special, I think. That was it. So yeah, they just yeah, they're not great at it. All right, Mike. Here we are, pick nineteen again with the New Orleans Saints, and you draft the quarterback. Now you add to the wide receiver room with Jamison Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama, uh, who I mean, a lot of people really like, especially uh, in draft circles. I think he's the best wide receiver in the in the class. Uh, how do you feel about him? Yeah, if he comes back fine from his injury, you know, he may miss the first couple of weeks, but eventually he's going to be a stud. He's just too much speed, too much ability. Uh, He comes from Alabama where they're a wide receiver factory. Um, And I I think the value is good there because if he wasn't injured, he'd probably go in the top 10. Just too much athleticism, too much ability to not, you know, get picked. And he fit, you know, they have Michael Thomas. They need um, stuff behind that. They need wide receiver. They need weapons for Kenny Pickett to throw to. And I think this uh, this pick fits value-wise, fits need. It's worth the risk to them because a couple of weeks, the beginning of the season is not going to matter to them. They're going up against Tom Brady in that division and a loaded yeah. Bucks team. So it, it's going to be a next-year thing. So get a player that you could look back and go, wow, what a steal to get him at 19. Yeah, and you know he's a nice compliment to Mike Michael Thomas for sure. Yeah, right. The slant god, and then you add that kind of speed to him. Yeah, I, I like it. All right, pick twenty. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you go with a guy that has been linked to the Cowboys as well, Zion Johnson, interior offensive lineman out of Boston College. Well, what do you like about that fit there, Mike? Uh, the reason I like it is because right now their their lines just suffering. I'll, I, I mm-hmm. thought about Linderbaum as well, um, but I just. I went with the 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 guy that I think that that most people have rated uh, the the least likely to to be a uh, a bust is Zion Johnson. He's just too good athletically. He blocks really well. You plug him and play him. You know, Linderbaum has the length and and power issues to anchor um, against uh, elite NFL type players. This is not college. You got to face Jason Hardgrave and. Jonathan Allen in this league, and you just don't have long arms. And then uh, Kenyon Green's athletic testing was fine, but, you know, not Zion Johnson level. So I went with Zion Johnson. I think they're going to be a team that runs and plays defense, and why not get your, you know, go Tennessee Titans style. Get mm-hmm. your build up and run the ball and protect from your quarterback and uh, and try to win games with your defense and shortening the, uh, uh, the length of the game. When you look at the, you know, Ben Roethlisberger at the age that he was and them bringing in Mitch Trubisky, I mean, do you think that he's an upgrade over the aging Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger was washed like two years ago. He just couldn't throw. That's why the James Washington pickup by Dallas was a pretty shrewd pickup because could be an absolute waste bust. He made he might not do anything, but there is legitimate, hey, when we could throw the ball deep, James Washington beat people a lot. And then we, the quarterback couldn't throw anymore. So what are we going to do? You know, that his thing was beating people deep. So, uh, you know, I like that move. Ben's been done for a while. 
and uh, they'll be better with Trubisky, which is just crazy to say out loud. Oh, yeah, be better with Trubisky than Ben Roethlisberger, but Ben Roethlisberger was done. He's washed for a few years. Yeah, more more of the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger, right? Really, like legit, like bloated corpse, like coming out of the water after a month, floating up. It was gross. <laughs> So, Mike, here we are, pick 21, the New England Patriots. They You drafted the first linebackers off the board here. Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah. I bet, I mean, it's it's the it's the Patriots, it's Belichick. You know, what more do you got to say, right? Vanoy, uh, Hightower. Uh, I could probably name another 11 back yeah. to William against. A linebacker mm-hmm. that has the ability to rush the passer, ability to cover, big enough to take on blocks. I mean, he's a... He's a weapon made for Bill Belichick. He loves the types, the values right. I think this this could be one pick that we look back and it actually, that's the pick. That's where he goes. Devin Lloyd to the Patriots could be that pick. Could you imagine, what if Micah Parsons had ended up in, in the Patriots? I mean, do you think he would have been better than he was last year? Man, with Bill? I mean, can you be better than he was last year? I think he may better. It is Bill. Maybe Belichick. better st- statistics early. Maybe um maybe more uh more he'd have made more p- big plays like strip sacks and interceptions. I don't know if you could be a better player than what he was in Dallas last year. Like he got five defensive player of the year votes. He was an all pro. Like he just destroyed the league. So play better is tough, but I think he'd have, he'd have been put in position to make a few more. Game-changing plays. I'll say that. Yeah, that makes sense. That, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to word it. All right, Mike, here we are at pick 22, the Green Bay Packers. And I'm surprised at the pick here. It's George Karloffis, edge out of Purdue. I, yeah, and I'm surprised she didn't go wide receiver here, Mike. They don't They don't go wide receiver. They don't go wide receiver in the first round. So there's no reason for yeah. me to believe their first pick is going to be wide receiver when they believe edge is more important than wide receiver because they have Aaron Rodgers to make up for – you know, he makes the receivers in their mind. And you uh, you have Carl uh, Loftus become yeah. – uh, Zadarius Smith is the one that got cut, right? Yeah, he ended up getting cut and then signed with the Ravens and then ended up not signing with the Ravens. And uh, Right, ended up on the Rams because everybody goes to the Rams. <laughs> he, that's I remember where he ended up. With the Rams. He went to the Rams. It doesn't matter. He's a Ram now. <laughs> They'll trade for him if he didn't sign him, so – but yeah, Karloftis goes in, uh, plays opposite Preston Smith, uh, adds the pass rush again. I'm sure he'll be good there across from a guy who's going to get the double teams because he's a rookie. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the fits there and the values there. So, so I went with, uh, with Karloftis. All right, Mike, here we are at pick 23. That's the Arizona Cardinals. And you get Kyler Murray some help with the offensive line. It's Tyler Linderbaum, <laughs> interior offensive lineman out of Iowa. Not, they got somebody you're a big fan of, right? It's not that I'm a big fan. It's that I I don't I don't think he upgrades our spot as much as everybody else does because Tyler Biotis is fine except for when he goes against those gigantic power monsters, and I'm like, okay, Tyler, you give everybody Biotis, trouble. He's going to get beat by a lot of them too because he just doesn't have the arms to block them. He's not yeah. long enough. There's, there's just sometimes human. Things happen and you just, there's nothing you can do about it. You're not long enough. You're not strong enough. So I'm like, why am I using pick 24 on him uh, on a player that's not going to like 
seriously mega upgrade the weakness. Yadish won 12 games as a center. He's not a bad player. He's fine. He's an average starting center. Well, you know, I would be getting a very good starting center, but with the same weaknesses. So that's more my, my thing is I don't want him on Dallas, you know, but I think he's worth the pick here. Arizona needs all the offensive linemen help they can get. And the overpower thing, I don't really think is as applicable here because those big guys that overpower them, good luck catching Kyler Murray. You know, he'll just he'll run around him a little bit. And so I, I think that it fits for them. And they they gotta block some people. They they need to get some offensive linemen. All right, Mike here at pick 24. It's not the Dallas Cowboys picking. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. Can you can you talk about this trade here? Yeah, let me see what the trade was. You would think I know because it was our team, but I do not. So I traded, uh, I had the Chiefs come up to our spot from their first pick at 29. They also gave us their later second round, the 62nd pick uh, in the second to move up five spots. Uh, The value was there, so I went with it. And they went to get their receiver, who was, I believe, Olave. Let me get back to it right now. Yes, sir. Chris Olave. um, Mm -hmm. Come on, dude. You know what he's going to do. He's he's not Tyreek Hill fast, but he's fast. Um, He doesn't doesn't have the run-after catch that Tyreek Hill has. But they have so many weapons that he's just going to fit in and kill in there. Another steal for Kansas City, a great pick. And they jump everyone that might need Buffalo, Tennessee, Tampa, and Green Bay all might need wide receivers. And instead of sitting there and going, oh, there goes Olave. Oh, there goes Burks. Oh, there goes Moore. Oh, there goes, uh, uh, oh, man, Jahat Dotson. Uh, There goes Christian Watson. Instead of sitting there and watching a bunch of receivers come off the board the next five picks, they go and get the one they want. They get Chris Olave. That's the one I believe that fits the best at Aaron Rodgers. They're all uh, rated about the same at this point. There's not much difference between them. And so that was my – that's my guy. I think Olave goes. You know, I know you can't replace a guy like Tyreek Hill, but do you think that Chris Olave has the makings of an alpha receiver? Or can be a team's number one, rather. Maybe not an alpha, but a team's number one. I think he could be a great number two, but I he doesn't he doesn't do in the NFL nowadays. You got to be able to do stuff with the ball in your hands, and he's kind of a he doesn't break a lot of tackles. He doesn't get a lot of rack. He beats you with his route running, and then he gets down Marvin Harrison style. I mm, think okay. uh, is a is a good player like that. Get the ball, get down. Uh, which Marvin Harrison's Hall of Famer. So, yeah, if he could be that, great. But oh, yeah. in the style of NFL now, he's not going to get the respect. He's more uh, – Amari Cooper is a good fit for him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, he's going to have games where he goes for 200 yards. He's going to have games <coughs> where he gets uh, uh, stopped some. But with Aaron Rodgers, it will be harder to stop him. But, uh, you know, there there's – there's pluses and minuses to Olave. He's a really, really good receiver, but I don't think he's going to be an all-time elite wide receiver one guy either. I hear you. All right, Mike, here we are at pick 25. It's the Buffalo Bills. Mr. Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas. like that fit. What was your thinking there? My thinking was, what can I get to help out Stephon Diggs? And mm-hmm. Diggs does one thing, and Traylon Burks does the exact other so it's right. a nice 
it makes the defense have to prepare because you're like, okay, Stefan Diggs, we got to keep our eye on him. But if you shade too much, here comes a wide receiver screen, or here comes the uh, the trick play to Burks, or you leave Burks one on one because you're so worried, and they 50 50 uh, ball it up there with Josh Allen's incredible arm. So the idea I had was getting uh, Josh Allen, who was incredible last year in the playoffs, another weapon. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to rely so much on just Stefan Diggs uh, being your guy. Now now you have a dual threat back there, and they can each do different crazy things that's so hard to defend. So uh, I think they'd be ecstatic if Traylon Burks dropped to them at 25. Uh, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on wide receiver, uh, Buffalo wide receiver Gabe Davis? Well, I like him, but again, this this is why I like Burks. I think they do different things. Gotcha. I like Davis. I like Davis as a piece to move around, and I like his ability to to get deep. and tra- And Stephon Diggs obviously is a monster at it. But mm-hmm. the idea would probably play play them wide and let Gabriel Davis and and Knox own the middle of the field, uh, while you're trying to stop your big play guys on the outside. A lot of people think that Brees Hall might be a good fit for Buffalo. Did you think about maybe addressing the running back need there? A running back in the first round? Gross. Go. Move on. No. Gross. <laughs> All right, sir. Pick 26, the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans, excuse me. And we have linebacker, not uh, Nicobe Dean, but Quay Walker out of Georgia going here for the Titans. Uh, what, what was the thinking uh, taking Walker before Dean here? Um, traits again, like the trait, like, um, like, uh, Walker, um, earlier with the first pick and like, uh, 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 Akeem, the tackle, I went with the traits guy. Uh, he's got the size, he's got speed. He can do it. He's a do everything linebacker. He was just stuck behind other great linebackers, but at the NFL level, it's about traits and Nicobe Dean right now, who is as good at reading plays as they're is in the draft, like, period. I mean, he's elite at it, but he's small in stature. He's littler. Littler linebackers have been injured lately. Um, It's tough for them to stay on the field and take the contact, and so I think that's going to slip Dean down a little bit, and I think uh, Quay Walker sneaks in and becomes the uh, second uh, linebacker drafted. Kill me for it if he goes in, like, the middle of the second round. That's fine, but... Um, if he does sneak into the first round, remember, give me some credit on that one. All right, my carrier with pick 27 is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he helped them with their secondary and their secondary with uh safety Lewis. Is it sign scene scene? Okay, Lewis seen out of Georgia. What were your thoughts there? My thoughts are they should have took Daxton Hill, but Daxton Hill does a lot of the same things that uh uh Oh my God, our our boy Winfield Jr. Uh, that Winfield Jr. does, and mm-hmm. Scene was one of those combine warriors. He fits the opposite uh, uh, safety spot. <clears throat> they need safety bad. They need DB help bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they also I I could have went Wyatt here because they haven't re-signed Sue. I wouldn't be surprised if Sue comes back for a year to go for another title run. But um, I also think with the new with the news of the Wyatt, you know, uh, domestic abuse stuff, that might drop him down a little bit. So I wasn't going to pick him there. So I went seen. I think his size and his testing and being from that Georgia defense is going to sneak him into the first round. 
And this yeah. was the best fit for me. I hear you. All right, Mike, here we are with pick 28. It's the Green Bay Packers again with their second pick in the first round. And you adjust the wide receiver need with Jahan Dotson, a wide receiver out of Penn State. Now, uh, you know, he's kind of just like a slot only guy. Is that correct? Yeah, but he that's like Aaron Rodgers is he makes them all good. Like, like yeah. just get open and I'll throw the ball where it'll become a big play. Like mm-hmm. he takes guys like that. It's not a problem. So I didn't see the size as an issue or needing a number one outside guy or whatever. Uh, I really wanted to give them Daxton Hill here so bad so that people would like freak out because I didn't give him a wide receiver. If George Pickens didn't have the injury concern, that would be another player I'd go here. Um, I think a lot of people have John Dotson above Sky Moore. So um, I, I went him over here. And Christian Watson was the other one. I almost snuck in here, but I feel like he's he's a year away and they don't want to waste any years of Aaron Rodgers like while he develops you know, a little mm-hmm. bit to become the player he can be. Right. So I went with the guy that they can plug in and, and I would honestly just get him in fantasy and he'll probably go for like a thousand yards and six touchdowns in his first year. He's a guy that I would look for in whatever you call those Debbie leagues or stuff where you're doing stuff early dynasty and stuff. Yeah, That's a guy I'd look for if, especially if he gets in green Bay. Well, what are your thoughts on uh, the wide receiver, Alan Lazard? Do, do you like him as not a number one necessarily, but just, you know, someone you can build around a receiver you can you can help or compliment with. He's a guy that's good because Aaron Rodgers is really good. Like, yeah. He's not. He's not Stephon Diggs, y'all. He's he's if if he's on a team with a regular quarterback with a like an average quarterback, he's he's not going to be doing much. I hear you. All right, Mike. Here we are, and it's finally the Cowboys are on the board here at pick twenty nine. We talked about the trade earlier. You took uh, a guy that everybody. Jackson Hill. <laughs> I kind of was was hoping you would have taken him, but no, it's Kenyon Green or Kenyon Green, excuse me, interior <laughs> offensive lineman out of Texas A&M. Say what you haven't already said probably a hundred times. Yeah, the thing is, is there's no blinking light there. Nobody dropped where you're like, oh my God, we could get this guy. You picked up an extra pick. You got your starting left guard for the next 10 years. Y'all already know about Kenyon Green. I don't have to tell yeah. you. He can play everywhere. He's strong. He needs to build his, his his body up a little bit, but he's going to be a very, very strong player. That's what we want after the last few years of uh, of Connor Williams and with Biotis should be able to build up too, not to an elite level of strength like Green, but a little bit bigger. So, you know, get some push on the interior and uh, help some running lanes for uh, Zeke. What if in real life, though, the Cowboys did take Daxton Hill over, over Green? How would you feel? Uh, I have a green as the higher rated player. Um, we need a green more. Uh, I love Daxon Hill though. So I wouldn't complain. Uh, Malik Hooker, uh, is on a cheap deal. Um, he's been injury issues before Wilson is a walking injury. Y'all know I'm a Wilson stand. I, I, uh-huh. I think Donovan Wilson, if healthy is a, is a playmaking safety. He's never healthy. So what do you, you know? There's nothing you can you you can't be you can love the guy, but if you can't get on the field, you can't do anything about it. Like exactly. you know, so yeah, I don't mind Daxton Hill going there. And the thing is, is he could also play slot corner for you, so it pushes you know it it makes where if you want to move Anthony Brown for some cap space or for a uh, different type of player, you can do that. Maybe he goes in a 
because he's cheap, he goes in a, a move for a wide receiver somewhere, you know, something like that. So, yeah, I I would be good with Daxton Hill. So, but, you know, Jerry Jones said that the Cowboys are looking for another Micah Parsons, just like every team in the league is, of course. But if Dax, would Daxton Hill kind of fill, fill that mold where it's like, man, I can't believe he fell and he can be not necessarily Micah Parsons, but he – is the he has the playmaking ability to be maybe a, a pro bowler or maybe even an all all pro? I think if you're if you're if you get the best out of him, you can get Tyron Mathi- Mathau. But he's oh, not okay. he's not a prospect that's so amazing that you just go, oh, we got to get him, even though we have this huge need and really good player at a great value. Gotcha, this guy's gotcha. just like, oh my god, we got to get him. They're both rated right around there, and you need the left guard. You don't really need the safety as much. All right. Well, Mike, here we are, pick 30 with Kansas City Chiefs, and you took safety Daxton Hill out of Michigan for them. What what was you thinking with this pick? Honey Badger. He does what the Honey Badger does. He comes down, plays in the slot when necessary, plays the middle of the field as necessary. He's a versatile weapon uh, DB that replaces Tyrone the Honey Badger. That. That is exactly my thought. And they already went up and took care of Chris Olave. Their offensive line was rebuilt last year. They still got Patrick Mahomes. Um, they still have the the Chris Jones. I mean, they they got guys. So get in there and replace uh, Honey Badger with Daxon Hill and, and go forward. Were you tempted at all to maybe double dip a wide receiver and take Christian Watson here? No. I mean, if I went there, if I went here – I would probably go George Pickens. I think oh, okay. would be a would be a fit over Christian Watson again because Casey's ready ready made. I think if I'm going for uh, Christian Watson, I'm looking at Detroit. I'm okay. looking at Jags. I'm looking at someone who's who can take a year and go. Hey, we're going to throw you the ball a bunch. You're going to learn a lot, and then you're going to be a monster going forward. I hear you. All right, Mike, here we are with pick 31. It's the Cincinnati Bengals, and you adjust their secondary with cornerback Kair uh, Elam. Yes. Out of Florida. Uh, traitsy, very traitsy guy. And we've seen what they did with the Wouzier, how much better he got going yeah. from Dallas to Cincy. He was, he was, he went from a, ah, he's a okay number two to all this. They got a corner one here. And so now they could kind of take a risk on a guy that's traitsy like this. I would have loved to have got Kyler Gordon in this spot, but his combine where he ran and stuff, there's just no way you can, you know, justify him over the 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 traits of Elam. So I think they need a corner. They would have loved to get offensive line here. Green got took, you know, and so they weren't able to do it. They secure their secondary. They know their offense is monsters. Both bolster up that defense and and go for another run at a Super Bowl. All right, Mike, here the last pick of the draft is the Detroit Lions. Pick 32, and they uh, hopefully, I would think, or potentially draft their franchise quarterback of the future. It's Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. What, what were your thoughts, Tim? Why do you like him more than Matt Corral? I I don't know why. I just don't think Matt Corral fits Dan. Uh, uh, hello, Dan Campbell. Wow. He's a Dallas Cowboy, guys. I should know that name right off the bat. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he fits Matt Corral, so I got Ritter. And the reason I picked a quarterback there, you can insert quarterback name you want to put, honestly. The reason I put him there is because now you get the fifth-year option. So if he is a player, boom, you you can put the fifth-year option on him. It gives you five years to 
to find out if he's the guy. And you already got yourself, uh, they got Hutchinson. So you've already got yourself a stud. It's a good mm-hmm. chance to take your risk pick there and and just go for uh, go for the quarterback. It, it's like, uh, okay, Rams got their Super Bowl. Now we're going to try to hit our Super Bowl by hitting the quarterback in the draft. Yes, sir. So, Mike, you know, I haven't had uh, been able to do as many mock shots as I had last year, so I don't have many uh, – pet cats this pet cats this season however is there a prospect here lately that you've uh, you've been watching that you that you've come to like and this is a dallas one i have my notes on here uh for for him donovan west uh donovan west is a a player who played center in college but he's big he's six four 300 pounds he's big enough to play guard he'll probably start at guard in the nfl but mm. With Dallas, you know, it's a spot where we may need somebody that can move around a little bit. Martin's getting older. The Oddish has two years left and hasn't been great. We have no left guard. Um, is he a year away? Probably at guard. He needs to bulk up a little bit. I have his pros as true position versatility. He's already very good in the past game and not just his past sets, but he puts people in the right places really well. You're him, you're him, you're him which is nice because uh, it, it would work well with Dak. Dak and uh, Travis Frederick were really good at that, and Biotis has struggled at it, yeah. um, especially himself picking people up. Um, that the, Him and Connor McGovern were very, very bad at, um, at blitz pickups and stunt pickups, and it really sh- affected Dak. So uh, <clears throat> that's a good thing to be able to have a guy that's like, Hey, we can get these people lined up so that we know where's where they're coming from and get them blocked. Uh, he's sufficient in uh, a lot of areas, so he can get to the second level well. But he's not great; he's just good. Yeah. Um, he's a decent anchor. He's you know he needs to get bigger, but he's de- he's he's pretty good at it. Um, he maintains his blocks pretty well. He's not Zion Johnson, but he's pretty well at it. Uh, his cons is early on, he's going to have limited strength and, and anchor. He needs to build into his frame. He has the frame to be a big-ass dude, 6'4", 300. He has that frame, but he needs a year or two in the weight room to become the monster pass rusher. Uh, also, um, he's not elite in any areas, so he's like a jack-of-all-trades, but master of none. He's yeah. not overpowering people. He's not faster than everybody. He's not um, the best at lining everybody up. He's not the best at at maintaining blocks. He's not the best at getting to the second level. But he does it all pretty well. He's not deficient. And -hmm. if your line's good around him, he could be like, oh, wow, this is a really good player if uh, Biotis, Zach Martin, Steele, and Tyron Smith are all balling. He could be a guy that just goes in and and plays well. And – I have the last one as he could be a quality starter, but I don't think he has the traits to be Tyron Smith or Zach Martin. So he's a guy you get and he's Ronald Leary. And you're like, oh, okay. nice, nice player. You got a good starter for a few years. Or um, uh, I'm trying to think. Garode was a little bit better than that. But he's like a guy that you don't think of like as a Hall of Famer or or a uh, pro bowler. But he's a guy you plug and play and you have a starter for for you know multiple seasons. And then you decide if you want to pay him or not. So what round grade do you have on him? Uh, he's a day three. I would okay. guess somewhere. Maybe you trade a couple of your fifths and go get him in the fourth to make sure. That's where I have him. Now, I want to see. I asked 
Jeffrey, Dane Brugler, and the guys at the draft show all to give me their round projections and see if I have them. Maybe I'm a little off on them or something. So I'll find out. Yes, sir. Well, Mike, as always, man, I enjoyed the discussion tonight. Before we get you out of here, remind the people that can find you on Twitter. Uh, at CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. Letter C, letter D, Piglet. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.